and and for me it's like uh, the the more i learn about genetics it seems like the less i i fully understand because you know there's just so many variables but it does you know it does like you say it lends to some legitimacy and it it also helps you stay away from some of the things that that could uh you know hurt your program exactly yeah it's also key to really know down the lines of your of your pedigrees, like specifically the dogs. And if you can see the, if you've seen those dogs or been able to actually understand each dog of that pedigree, personally see the dog, it, the more of that you do, the more you understand mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, something else as far as this health testing, me and Joe were talking about this the other day. And, a, and the health testing thing is wonderful, but everything in balance, you know, because a lot of times what you'll see is someone that's really heavy into health testing and you'll, they'll, they'll present their dog and say, look at my wonderful dog and it's passed all its tests. So it's wonderful. And then you'll have someone else that has a dog that's, let's say, way better looking hasn't done any health tests it may very well be healthy as an ox but they haven't done any health tests and so then you have the health tested dog people you know barking at the one that hasn't done the health test yet and i say to myself okay fair enough but let's not forget that that dog right there that's passed all of its tests is still an ugly dog (laughs) (laughs) and there there is still there is still no reason to move forward with that one either. I don't care if it's healthy. It's ugly, so just stop. Right. You know, it balance and everything, right? Like I don't if just because it's healthy doesn't mean you're supposed to keep going. You know, it, you might want to stop there anyway. You have, you have a good family member. Congratulations. Right. Right. <laughs> but no one really talks about that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it passed everything. No one says nothing. You know what I mean? But they didn't pass my test. <laughs> it didn't pass the eye test. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's just important to to have it all. You know, you gotta you gotta be balanced in everything. I mean that's what breeding's about, right? It's about priorities. It's about ba- it's about balancing this and that, depending on what you're you're trying to breed. You know, it's about it's about balancing a look with a temperament, with a structure, with a you know a purpose, whatever you're breeding. It's just what are you willing to give up and what are you willing to gain? And that's why some people are a lot better at it than others because they the way they gamble or however you want to word that. The choices they make, I shouldn't call it gambling, you know, the choices they make over a period of time have better results. Mm-hmm. So, and that's cool, you know. Can you imagine, uh, I'm getting off subject here a little bit, we're just talking about dogs, you know. Yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you imagine, uh, you know, there's a big group of people out there that doesn't think we should be breeding dogs at all because there's too many sitting in the shelters, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and I agree, there are. There are too many sitting in the shelters. But there's definitely not enough good dogs in the world. So if you have a good one, by all means, please breed it. And can you imagine if, uh, you know, we just stopped breeding dogs for five years, uh, what what the repercussions of that would be, you know? Every, Every breed on the planet would be at risk of being 
of going extinct just after five. Ten years would do it. You know, ten years would pretty much ruin everything. You know, thousands of years of, you know, all the... You watch Westminster and you see these breeds that are out there, been around for a long time. Gone. You know, all gone. Mm-hmm. Well, look at it this way. Um, you know, it's all fine and good. It's great to adopt a dog from a, a shelter. It's wonderful, right? But, but but to say something to actual dog breeders are actually doing and caring, that that's a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Well, the argument could go that you're supporting poor breeding by buying shelter dogs because whoever bred those dogs weren't doing it with any passion or any vision or any rhyme or reason, or maybe not even on purpose. Most of them are not even on purpose. Yeah. So we're perpetuating that, and that should stop. So spay and neuter your pets and leave us alone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. That's it. How can you argue with that? I don't know. I don't know how you can argue. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. And what you said was interesting about consumers kind of driving the market sometimes and and I think I think you're <clears throat> I think being involved in the English bulldog world, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. But what I've also seen like in the English bulldog world and I, and I you know, I assume in the bully world, I mean, I don't know because I you know, I haven't, I've only looked from the outside in, but, uh, what I've seen is, um, just some people that the wrong people getting involved and the people buying the pup think that, okay, I can make $3,500 a pop because I just, oh yeah, and then they don't realize that they're perpetuating horrible genetics yeah, and they're not you're not thinking outside the box, and saying, well, maybe if, you know, I did, went with this breeding over here, I could bring out some better traits and some healthier, but no, I'm gonna breed to color because I can get thirty five hundred dollars a pop because then I'll sell it to another person that thinks that they're gonna get that new boat after their first litter. You know what I mean? So I just right. Right. I, the the bully world, the bulldog world, are very similar um, in a lot of ways, and they're they're just completely set in their ways. That that's why I like the idea of concept breeds and crossing dogs and using outside blood to to really bring the traits that you want from certain breeds, and um, and also building a look that's healthy and, and vibrant at the same time. Sure. And like you, I want a dog that's impressive. I don't, you know, uh, I like cute little toy dogs. Um, I have, I have a Shih Tzu that I adore. I love her to death, and she's a great dog. And and I can't believe how much I really like the breed. The more I know about them, but I also like my English Bulldog because he's impressive and and he's got that presence about him. So, um, if he was just a little bit more healthy and 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 had some maybe some outside blood or or you know it, it wasn't all about the bottom line which i feel like the bulldog world is unfortunately these days sure the fatter the better because people like that at the same time and they also like the fact that they could get thirty five hundred dollars a pop but they don't realize you're getting unhealthy dogs you don't realize that the 
the the the bitch is gonna gonna have to have a C-section. You don't they don't realize they're only gonna get two to six puppies max a litter. You know what I mean? So it's just sure, sure. Yeah, it's just ignorance breeds ignorance in 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 that world. So that's what really puts me off about some of the the purebred enthusiasts because it's just not the bully world it's it's other it's other breeds as well but oh for sure and it it seems to be uh it probably is more so connected to more extreme type breeds Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like your your frenchies and your bulldogs and maybe some of your mastiff breeds breeds that have a lot of wow factor Mm -hmm. um you get into more you're more and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I'll, I'll use the term generic just because it's it's a more normal looking canine, mm-hmm. you know, like like there's I don't know a German short hair pointer, good hunting dog or whatever. Then then things start to change a little bit, don't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, and it, it's a different crowd of people looking for a different type of dog. So uh, there's some there's some variance there for sure, but. You know, all these breeds out there, there's hundreds of them that have been around a long time. And they were all concept breeds at one time. Yeah, you know, they, they all were. So, And that's cool. And and what's neat about so many of them is they've had staying power. You know, they're still here. Some of them have gone extinct. Um, but a lot of them are still here. And and that is really neat. You know, I, I love the idea, like in my head, you know, I'm going to die someday. What if there were still Molossa Presameos around mm-hmm. in a hundred years? How cool would that be? That's a cool thought to me, you know, uh, if, that pe- if people just kept moving forward with it, that would be really neat. Uh, who knows what's going to happen, but, but, uh, you know, that has happened already in other breeds and continues to happen. So the evolution of all that is really, uh, a very you know there's so much history there right there's there's such a story behind some of these breeds and that's really really neat and and uh it would be a shame if that went away you know and then there's dogs in the pound which are good little dogs and pets or whatever and they have a story too but it's much less interesting you know it's a it's definitely a a you know, just ran across the street and went at it over here, and then that one ran across the street and went at it over here, and and it's just kind of a messy story. But, but the the history and the culture behind these purebred dogs is it's a very it's romantic. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's art. It's it really is an it's an art form, and it's and it's cool. So, you know. I'm not doing this to ruin other breeds. I'm just doing it to make another one. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know, if you have a, a purebred dog, that's, um, a good example of its breed, then it should be used for that breed. You know, it should, it should, uh, be used to perpetuate the species, so Mm -hmm, to speak. mm Mm-hmm. And I've always done that, you know, like I'm doing some things, I'm crossing some things, but those specimens that I've used are also being used to, to further their own kind. Yep. And I, I think that's important. You know, I, I would never, I would never have a, a beautiful specimen of a specific breed and for lack of better terms, waste it 
you know, to, to just do some experiments, so to speak, you know, um, I think it's important to do both. And, um, there's actually in the AKC world, there are provisions. The AKC will allow all breed clubs to add uh, like the outcross their blood yeah, yeah. to other breeds, but it's a particular, uh, you know, the process you have to go through to allow them to do it, and they really spell it out very specifically. But that provision is very seldomly used. You know, and that's that's the kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always been a dog lover. I mean, like I said, I've had dogs all my life from a little kid to now. Um, and I've always been the, the type of person that would always buy the books that, that, that had the breeds from A to Z. Uh, and the dog fancy magazine subscriptions as a kid and so i've always been you know in the peripheral um but i've really dug deep in the last couple of years when i started since i started this podcast um what i've see is is people shit on the, the akc all the time but i don't see the akc always making these negative uh rules or regulations towards these breeds it seems to be the breed clubs that are really driving uh the negative aspects of some of these breeds and what i've have seen is and what i've noticed that uh, like this year's westminster a lot of these breeds had way fewer specimens uh than previous years and to me is, is that because they're not looking their gene pool is too small. What is it? Uh, they're not. It, it, my opinion, my opinion, and a lot of breeds, because I've attended an all breed club uh, conference. I've mm-hmm. been an all breed club president. Mm-hmm. Not all breed. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I've been a breed club president, not all breed. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I've been to an all breed club, all breed conference. And mm-hmm. some of the breeders that are doing some of these breeds. There are very few of them, and they're very old. Right. So we're running out of, you know, we're running out of schnauz, you know, standard schnauzer breeders. Yeah, yeah. People. The people doing it is fewer. So, you know, that's kind of the case. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, how many, I mean, it is amazing how these breeds are still here. Like, like who breeds some of these dogs, right? Like, like, you know, you see these breeds on the, on the TV and you're like, how many of those even exist and who's doing it? You know, like there are a lot of people on this planet, but (laughs) to, to just be involved in something that's so obtuse, so to speak, you know, there's some breeds out there, like you'll just, you'll never see one, you know, you'll just never, you'll never see one. Your whole life, unless you watch TV or you, or, or you go to a, a dog show, and there might happen to be one there. Right. But somehow they're they're still going, and then you you have other breeds that just have such a huge following because that you know they're never going to go nowhere because right. there's there's just too many people involved. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think Joe maybe it has something to do with the politics of it all too? Like the sport of the sport of showing dogs and everything is diminishing. A lot of it because of the, the you know the adopt don't shop culture. Well, there's there's uh, that, and then there's just 
you know, some organizations with a lot of money and celebrity endorsements that don't believe we should own animals, eat animals, hunt animals, do anything with animals at all. Yeah. And and in that aspect, uh, we, we, we all dog lovers should really appreciate the AKC because they're a big, they're, they're a big, large, legitimate, well-respected organization that defends our ownership of dogs. That's true. Never really thought of it that way, but it's definitely true. No, they, they provide foundation stock services. Yeah. For, you know, it's just where you at, where is the breed at in its, in its existence, mm-hmm. in its process. But the AKC is not, not an issue. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're an asset to be used or, you know, participated with mm-hmm. when, when, when we can, when we can. Absolutely. Do you foresee uh, you guys registering with the ABKC or something like that? Uh, no, not right now. Okay, so this is all that's happening right now. I, I think I mentioned it before. We we started an LLC. It's just Molasso Presameo LLC, MPM LLC. Mm-hmm. And so that'll, that'll be used to keep track of everything. And that's probably just going to be that way for right. quite some time. Yeah. Um, but, but down the road, you know, uh, could I see it being accepted by a registry? Of course. Yeah. And that would be great. You know, I would love it to be accepted by a legitimate registry like the ABKC. The AKC would be even a bigger honor, but they're, they're, you know, just cause it's so old and it's just well respected. But, um, and, and the, you know, the, the community of people in the AKC is really, really professional. Right, yeah. a lot of politics there. I yeah. get it, yeah. but it is a sport. It's a profession, mm-hmm. and that's not the way it is at the ABKC. It's a much different uh, uh, culture, right? Right. So, um, but it it would be cool, but it's just not even a thing right now. You know, it's no, not even no. A, no, not even a not even a worry at this point. Yeah. I I'm more excited about you know the next five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Maybe throwing our own dog show just for the for the people involved. That wouldn't that be neat to yeah. see yeah. thirty of them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and see, and it and that could happen realistically. That could happen within the next ten years. That's a. I still wouldn't consider them a purebred dog, mm-hmm. uh, but I but it would be pretty cool to see you know twenty thirty dogs that represent the goals mm-hmm. well. That would be really neat, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, reached out to anybody else that started their uh, own concept breed that's, say, like a Jamie Sweet or someone like that? Oh, it's funny you mentioned her. She, we've we've had some short conversations, her and I. You know, she's she's told me a few things about what she did and, you know, her, her abilities and her, her situation is a lot. And, and plus the breach that she developed is so much different, right? Like yeah. they're much smaller. You can have a lot more of them and, and move them, you know, and build that a lot faster. Me, I'm dealing with giants and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't have that many dogs. It takes a lot of dogs to build a breed. That's one thing she told me, right? Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. takes a lot. And so her, her big thing was you need help. You know, you need, you need an army and, uh, and that'll happen. You know, it's it's slowly starting to happen right now. Like I said, we we got some help in South America, 
and then anybody that buys one of these puppies as a breeding specimen, hopefully they'll stick with it. Um, and once that starts to happen, it's just a domino effect, right? Like, I'll probably have five or six puppies out of this litter that I want to move forward with. Well, once those dogs have offspring, that's a lot of dogs. Do the do the math. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a lot of dogs. So things start moving quick once you get to that third generation, right? And then whoever, you know, our, our dear friend in South America, uh, he, he has a lot more... Uh, He's got a better facility than I do and more more means than I do, and he's very good. He, he knows exactly what he's doing, and he, he understands the concept very well. We've had a lot of conversations about it. Um, I could see him passing me up pretty quick, you know, just as far as his advancement with it, just simply because of what he has the ability to do, and I'm all for it. You know, whatever, whatever gets this thing going, because I want the dog. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want the dog. So if he gets there before I do, you know who you are. You better give me one. Right. <laughs> right. You better hand it over, you dirty bastard. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it just wouldn't be right. You know, <laughs> it would just be terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. We sure are having fun, though. It's all smiles, and you know what? For the most part, the the you know so many messages, right? Mm-hmm. So many comments, so many opinions. For the most part, very positive. You know the the negative ones are loud for sure. They're very loud, but but the big portion, you know, the big reaction. It, there's, a, I think there's a lot, there's just such a big group of people out there that are like, they're just rooting for it, you know, and that's pretty cool, you know, it's a, it's a neat thing, and, and, and what else am I going to do, you yeah, know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> several, we'll just say several dog people that are well known around the world have said favorable things to us in private as well. Definitely, and I and I should say this too, because I keep mentioning this particular person in South America, but there are other people within the states that I'll be sending dogs to that have helped me do this already. You know, they they've they've been there for me and um, been supportive. They've been very supportive, and and they and these are people that have been breeding dogs for a long time, a longer than I have. You know, there, there's a there's a, a lot of history there and a lot of knowledge there, and um, I some of these people might want me to mention their names. I just don't know if that's true or not, so I'm not going to. Probably a neo or something like a neo will be my foray into the first big mastiff breed. Well, you're sure you're talking to two neo guys, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's my first, my first. In fact. To me, uh, in the current dog world, to me, my, my favorite breed of all is a Neapolitan Mastiff. Yeah. I think they're amazing. They're they're a work of art. I think they're one of the hardest dogs to breed and to to get right. There, there's a lot of variables in a Neo. You know, to you know, there's good wrinkle and there's bad wrinkle. There's yeah. too much. There's not enough. There's there's a certain way those wrinkles are supposed to collect. 
there's uh you know the dog's got to be big enough it can't be too small it's got to be long enough there, there's a lot of i mean every breed has their specifics but neos are so extreme and so different in order to get all those things right it is hard and and when people do it right you know when it's not too much it's not too little it's not overdone it's not underdone and and it's real easy to go overboard with a neo right and it's extremely easy to not have enough too and so it, when when someone does it right it's impressive it's because it, it doesn't happen very often when a when a neapolitan is done just right it's it's really really cool and when that animal comes trotting into the ring moving like a big old cat and i swear the earth shakes you know there's there's bigger dogs in the world but but uh but not really proportionately you know like a 185 pound neo the bone on that thing and the the mass and the way it moves it's just really something <laughs> yeah no doubt. no doubt yeah they carry a presence about them that you feel without even seeing them yeah i mean whether you like them or not when you see a good one you'll never forget that's what that's what a neo is to me you know you'll never forget it doesn't matter if you're a poodle person or any it doesn't matter when you when you see a neo that's done the right way that's just going to be in your head for the rest of your life you know yeah giving you nightmares that's true and they just have it it you don't have to teach it no they they just have it and they're very they're very uh perceptive you know Mm -hmm. and and what's nice about a good neo to me is if you're the owner and you're bonded to your dog you can turn them off too you know like they, they might they might be like like get the hell out of here whoever you are Mm -hmm. but if you give them the okay they'll they'll uh you know they're manageable enough to be able to 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 do something most of the time i've i've seen i've seen some that are pretty pretty crazy pretty over the top (laughs) right you know but you always have a little every breed's like that you have some that are more extreme than others the perception that the the perception that a neo can't be a guard dog is ridiculous it is the direct opposite, and it does drive me crazy when people say, "Oh, the it'll fang itself, this and that." A good, a good mastino, you don't. Uh, it'll do its job without being trained to do anything. Right. <laughs> well, mo- most of them don't have to do anything; just sit there. Yeah. Are you going to go across that dog? You come, you know. Like, yeah. Like so. No. Most most of the time it just sit on the porch and that's all it has to do you know? <laughs> yeah that's it but but it'll it'll do more if it needs to yeah, absolutely. yeah. I, I appreciate it guys it was good talking it was an you. honor man yeah thank you. all right we'll talk to you soon enough i'll yeah. send you pictures as soon as i can yeah yeah thank you okay all talk right. to you later all right bye